0: Hello everyone and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap here on April the 15th of 2019. I am Nick. Here is Chris. Manga. Nothing else is going on in the world right now. Only manga. Manga is the only thing that exists. Forget anything about politics, fires in Notre Dame, Game of Thrones debuting the final season. Forget all of that. No. Manga is all that exists in this world at this time. So that's all we're going to talk about. There will be no discussions of tangents, Of TV shows, wrestling, none. Well, if we can't. Okay, okay, we'll do we'll we'll do we'll do five. We'll do it. Okay, I was like,
1: come on, Nick, the superstar shakeup's about to occur.
0: (laughs) A thing that nobody actually cares about.
1: (laughs) Wrestlers from Raw and SmackDown changing shows, the
0: boundaries crossed. That never happens, except with the people that are so important they have to be on both shows anyway. Oh,
1: we never get to see somebody who competes on Raw and SmackDown at the same time, except for like six people in the past recent months.
0: Yeah, it's so exciting, and there's who like knows a It's cha-
1: where free agent Sami Zayn will end up.
0: There are we have an entire championship whose entire thing is that they can jump between both shows, but superstar shakeup. Uh.
1: What title's that?
0: The women's tag titles because there are so few women's high teams that they have to have it be on both shows.
1: (laughs) I keep blocking out that those titles exist for a while.
0: This way they can lose on both shows. So, Anywho. We have a lot of manga to talk about this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some series that have just uh, encountered big uh, plot events. We've got a new mini plot arc starting and we never learned seemingly uh seven deadly sins seems to be coming to a close so it's a it's a very uh event of ev- eventive that's not a word
1: inventive it's is a, a happening word. time it's a
0: happening time
1: Chris. <laughs> Ooh, i like happening
0: it's a happening so why don't we just uh go into our first series that we normally discuss which one is that my hero academia yeah. yes Superhero 1. The Superhero 1. There are definitely no other Superhero 1s. Chapter number 224, Revival Party. So, uh, last time, of course, the villain... uh, The League of Villains had been given in... Basically, they've been told if they wanted to get Jiren back, uh, that they would have to go and confront the uh, Metahuman Liberation Front on their own terms. Uh, And so... Everyone's like, well, what the hell are we going to do? We haven't even actually finished getting Gigantamachia on our side yet. Twice says that they definitely have to go and and save him because he's very much, you know, Jiren really helped me out. Uh, But other people are bringing up the issues of like, well, we don't actually know if he's still alive. We're going to obviously be going into a trap. Uh, And Twice keeps on ranting until Shigaraki just takes his mask off to shut him up. And, you know, he goes, oh, while he's like, all right, I've got an idea. And uh, so. Mr. Compress is like, oh, I get what you're doing. You wanted him to dispatch a high end nomu in order to go and help out. And the doctor's like, I'm not going to do that for you. No. I mean, maybe if Dobby had actually gotten the guy back when we sent it on that stupid mission, then maybe. But no, I'm not going to do that. But Chigaragas says, I wasn't going to actually use those anyway. Uh, Then he asks, when is Gigantomachia going to wake up? Mr. Compress says that he's going to be due to awake in two hours and 35 minutes. So Shigaraki says, all right, great. Warp us over there. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? We're going to go over there. And this is a great way for me to handle that big guy. And they're like, wait, are you seriously suggesting that we have them fight each other. And Shigaraki's like, yep, he's going to track me down to wherever I, I go. So let's teleport into the middle of this enemy base and have him wreck up the place. And that way he'll be weakened by them and I'll be able to defeat him. It's a very heroic moment for Shigaraki, like a clever hero moment, which I guess makes sense for his kind of mindset. But... It's if this actually works, it's going to be like the coolest thing that he has ever pulled off in this series. I'm sure it's not going to be so simple, but yeah. Uh, the doctor points out, what if the CEO was just bluffing uh, and he's like, well, then he's going to die. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So, uh, the doctor agrees and teleports them over to the base and they come across, I mean, just, it's just this like city, uh, essentially, um, they, well, not, it's not a city, but it's a suburban community. Uh, so they start heading down from the hills into it. Uh, Dobby has been brought along with them as well because the doctor teleported him there too. They get ready because they see someone approaching and, uh, it's, it's, it's sliding go. The stupid looking superhero who showed up when Bakugo and Todoroki were taking out those muggers.
1: That's why that was a very significant chapter.
0: Apparently. Which, when you think about it, I guess that makes sense why he wasn't on the scene until after they had shown up, it was because he was deliberately letting them test their um, devices. And record information and stuff but yeah he's part of the the metahuman liberation front and he leads them into the town while sliding and he makes you know the the liberation hand sign which is really weird it's like you know seeing a goofy superhero do a Nazi salute it's it's off putting
1: it doesn't help that the the liberation army symbol is still exceedingly lame like it it, it, I don't think I don't think... I'm trying to think. Who Who is, like, the personification of cool?
0: I mean, are you asking me? Because...
1: Yeah, Nick. you Nick, you have your finger on the pulse of everything that's cool. Who's the coolest person you know?
0: I mean... no. <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, if you want to ask, like, you know, seven-year-old Nick, then it would be Tommy <laughs> of the Power Rangers... <laughs>
1: For a moment, I know you didn't watch Nickelodeon, but I really hope seven-year-old Nick was going to be like, Tommy for Rugrats, he's the coolest kid. He's no! The, he's the leader baby. He's the best one.
0: I would punt him, so. Jesus.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know if, like, Elvis Presley in his prime, I don't know, that's not probably cool, that probably just made me sound old than anything else. But this is the idea of, like, no matter how, how cool they are, the person doing this sign just so they could point and have like the L on the forehead thing. It's never gonna look. Cool. It's uh, never you're never gonna look badass doing it.
0: It's probably a good thing that the, all the people that we've seen have been these nerdy-looking CEOs and this doofusy superhero doing it. Because yeah, if you if you try to have, for example, someone in the league of villains, one of these you know really wretched-looking uh, motherfuckers wearing their leather and stuff doing it. They'd be like, oh, wow, I'm suddenly not intimidated by them at all. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it makes sense when you have a superhero who already looks as cartoonishly goofy and lame as, as Slip and Slide or whatever his name is. And I always get the idea that the the Dentrek guy or whatever his name is, like, it works for him because he, like, you get the impression he doesn't get that he looks lame doing it, and he probably thinks it's super cool but he's really not like a cool character. He's a fucking businessman with a a widow's peak and Mm -hmm. a shitty face. So yeah.
0: They of course are confronted by a group from the metahuman liberation uh, army who start to attack the league of villains pretty much right away, which upsets twice because they're like, you were told, you told us that we could get it back. If we came here, you liars. (laughs) Weirdo. Um, I like how there's this one random pair of guys who just go towards Shigaraki while they're approaching him. And he's just like, yeah, OK, and just like strolls through them while disintegrating. them.
1: <laughs> it's pretty satisfying because you you don't get to see Shigaraki do what he does. And when you do, it's generally you're like you're supposed to be kind of sad and horrified by it because it's like, oh, no, that good person just got disintegrated. I don't know. You get, like, fuck these guys. I don't care. You just get to see him like, rip through two of them. It looks really, really cool.
0: Mm. And, uh, Toga, uh, gets, uh, thrown off balance by an explosion going off under her feet. Uh, and, uh, she's being confronted by some sort of reporter lady who's doing, like, a camera sign thing with her hands. So it seems like, uh, we're going to get a little bit of, uh, but focus on her fight uh, next chapter. Well, she
1: was the one we saw these uh, two of these guys I think it was last week or the week before when they revealed like the four people that kind of made right, right, right. I can't remember which one she was. I want to say she's yeah. the one who was like the leader of like See you Soon Asia or whatever like weird manga pun or whatever they were putting on like a social mm-hmm. like company. I think that's her, but I'm not amateur certain. I just remember there was like a political party a Suisha person, the the, the Dentrek guy, and then someone else.
0: I love that when they're discussing uh, some of these people who are apparently well-known that they're like, Oh my God, that's Hanabata leader of the hearts and mind party. And they're like, well, is he like some sort of big shot? And one's like, yes, he's someone who could easily have (laughs) 110,000 followers, 110,000 followers. That's a lot. (laughs) What a very particularly like precise number that's meant to be big <laughs> not a hundred thousand a that's when you know you hit the big time i mean it's like it's not an insignificant amount but it's not a huge amount either <laughs> all right
1: so nick <laughs> we're now several chapters kind of into this and there has been nary a sign of deku or anyone from ua and the impression we're kind of getting right now is that this is a story where we're going to follow Shigaraki and the League of Villains as the protagonist for the story. Not all that unlike when Sasuke and whatever fucking Hachi or Eagle or whatever bullshit name their group was at that time... Ah, uh, were the main characters of? The yeah, story. cause
0: it changed. It used to, it was like snake, and then it became Hawk, and then
1: <laughs> and then it just disappeared. And you were like, what was the point of this? Uh, uh,
0: well, this is a group that we had been following for a much longer time than that. Um, I don't know. It is gonna be weird because I guess this is because this is the thing that was going on during the interclass uh, test, which was just you know, hero versus zero. Now we're going to get a stretch of villain versus villain. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet.
1: It's an interesting move. Because we have gotten enough character from the League of Villains to kind of see them as pseudo protagonists in an extent. There's been so yeah. much push bit like built into these characters to give them like full characters. And then, you know specifically not eliminating the entire group it's like one character survived and they started up a new group like you know twice and toga and dobby and spinner they've been around since basically the stained arc ended and that you know the league of villains was formed so it's kind of interesting maybe this is going to be a small arc focused solely on you know expanding the league of villains a little bit more i have to feel like somebody from ua is gonna like come in and get involved with this. I, I I figure once fighting starts in the big town, something will happen, but I, I like once Giga- Giganto Machiakoda shows up, you kind of really can't ignore that. You know, he's a size right, of the skyscraper.
0: Right. I guess we'll see.
1: I guess we shall. Well, let's talk about the best series rain and jump right now, though, Nick.
0: Food Wars. yes Yeah. Best series. end. Chapter three hundred and seven magician spell Asahi uses cross knives yep last time oh someone was like I'm going to catch up to him eventually so Soma says since they've got to combine the five great cuisines of the world he's like okay well alright uh, here's what I'm going to do I'm going to make five dishes one for each cuisine and then I'll take those and somehow mash them together at the end and that'll be my finished dish Everyone just, like, stares at him, like... The fuck what the are you... Fuck?
1: I love Erina's face, because the other ones are kind of shocked. Hers, so you're viewing it from above, and it's just like Cthulhu broke into our reality. Like, her mind can't comprehend it. Her eyes have fucking exploded in sheer terror of this.
0: So, Asahi's four goons are like... Glasses guy says he's going to lose this match without even finishing his dish. He doesn't, by the way. That would be a super lame way to end a Shogakeki in Food Wars. <laughs> I wasn't able to finish in time. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Guess I lose my vault. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is a bad idea. Except for the people from Polaris Storm who are like, no, if it's Soma, he can do it. And then that would be really impressive. He could surpass Sasahi's cross knives. And. Uh, Sends them shows up and Aaron is like, Oh, grandfather. And Sends says, I have faith in the power of our training. And there's a whoosh as Soma starts to work and he cuts up his ingredients. And there's a whoosh and he throws stuff in a saucepan. They're like, Oh my God, he's doing so much stuff all at the same time. Oh, look at him do the fit French and Italian soup stocks, and the Chinese spice blends, and the Turkish cooking, and all this stuff. He's doing all of it at the same time. He's cooking. Five completely distinct dishes all at once, taking his crazy plan and brazenly charging forward with it. Yeah, 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 he is. I get it. Yep. I saw he finishes his dish. Soma has a flashback to when he was training. And then he finishes his dish. Hooray. That's the end of the chapter.
1: I do enjoy that the ultimate, like, like notion of soma's like growth is centered around his time with shinomiya and the reason why at the very prospect of having to cook five separate dishes and combine them together isn't so daunting to him because he's like yeah i remember what it was like to be in that kitchen and it was constantly people telling me to do my food over again to fix it you know to the pressure of being like don't stop moving your hands and that's what trained me to teach me to be as good as I am today. Like, I, I do like that Shinomiya is sort of the notion for that. That it isn't just, like, a generic collage of, like, here's all the adventures I've gone through. And because of that, I'm the best chef in the world. It's basically, like, no, I studied under a very strict chef who got the best out of me. And I'm the better for it. Uh, I guess we see how the dishes come out it's always interesting because since they lost the food consultant dishes have been a lot less like scientifically interesting and then been a lot more like wouldn't it be really good if like the steak exploded like it was like and it was all like flavor bombs and you're like I mean I guess yeah theoretically wouldn't it be cool if a unicorn shot out they're like that's a good one we should do that one next week
0: but we need it to be a weird-looking tool that does it. I know unicorn horn. Okay, got it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that whew, grounded the series. Thank God, we almost lost our oh. our, our touch on reality. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, what's next? Uh, uh, Eden Zero.
1: Let's talk Eden Zero, chapter thirty-nine. Spider, the hacking genius.
0: Guys, uh, I don't know how to tell you all this, but uh, uh, the series is stupid. Uh, I hate to break that to all of you who uh, didn't realize it yet, but this series is stupid.
1: <laughs> stupid, Nick. We open with uh, Ziggy, the Demon Lord, telling all of his 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 four shining stars that they are free. They've they've done their service and they are free to choose their own paths. And uh, very conveniently, the last speech bubble covers the head of the only Four Shining Star member we don't know yet. So keep that in mind. Uh, specifically, he's like, oh, well, can we go with you? And he's like, I mean, I guess if you want to raise Shiki with me, that's cool. But I assume you don't want to raise this baby with me. So Hermit's like, mm, I want to help the human race. I want to find human friends, which is interesting, because Nick, she doesn't care. She hated him.
0: humans, though. What happened to her? Her
1: heart was lost, Nick, which, by the way, that's still an element here. They still specifically refer to the fact that her heart has been they didn't lost. Get her.
0: They didn't get her heart. They got her mind back, but not her soul.
1: And I'm like, holy shit, man, come on. it's You gotta have some self-awareness that Kingdom Hearts came out, and you're just doing the same shit. Uh, yeah, so Hermit wakes up, because they freed everybody from Digitalis. Uh, so she's like, cool. Uh, I'm not joining you guys again. I'm just taking a break after a long dive. That's all. Let
0: me make my elegant exit.
1: <laughs> 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 just eats it floor, face first into the floor. And she's like, it's fine. I'm just going to do some maintenance. and I'm going back to Digitalist. Drop me back off on Iron Hill. And they're like, I guess they couldn't bring a hot back with her. Like, <laughs> eat shit. Uh, so all the characters wake up. They're all very sweaty. We get a scene of Rebecca like pulling open her, outfit. And she's like I'm boiling in this suit, and and fucking uh, Hamora's like I'm sweating in places I didn't even know I had. And you're like Ew. Uh but Then I just like how Shiki's like, are you gonna be sulky while I see the whole. Oi, she got my account banned, she did.
0: Now, when do you ever... Pl- hang on, playing this game again. It's a lame game.
1: And it's also discontinued because the planet's abandoned, right? <laughs> like, it's not an active MMO or something like that. Isn't it some weird rogue planet of digital data that's a server or something? God... So there is actually one moment that's a little sad because Pina wakes up and Pina starts walking around and she hears the metallic clank and sees all of her joints and she's like, and she sighs because she's like, I'm back to being a robot. It's very sad because she enjoys Pino the
0: is I the only it. character worth sympathizing with in this entire series. Yeah.
1: So, uh, why is bitching. Uh, sister's like, well, it looks like her heart's someplace else. And, uh, says she has impounded herself in the dress factory. So the room that makes all of their clothes. And uh Wise, because he's just always fucking awful, is like, Wait, with her scale, new clothes would improve her luck. It's like, yes, Wise, every woman's sole factor of being is to please you aesthetically, you fucking dick basket. <laughs> I don't Wise always goes to being like an interesting character to just a complete fuck nugget. In, like, almost every chapter he's in, where you're like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. He's got that going for him. And then scenes like this. Uh, they're like, No, she had a really beautiful smile. Well, you know, it all, it all comes back to her heart. Her heart can, needs to come back. So Shiki's just like, I know what I'll do. I'll barge in and talk to her. Then she'll be friends. Okay.
0: Fifth time's the charm.
1: Uh, emergency beacons start going off. Boom, boom, error, error. And they're like, oh no, this is another coronavage. But no, their ship has been hacked by hacking genius Spider, who is shockingly the ca- the man behind Jammy, the Reaper killer from Digitalist. And Wise is like, oi, you look totally different. And it's like, yes, Wise. Because everyone looked different in the game. You were a fucking chick. I don't know what you mean. Why are you shocked by this? <laughs> Nobody looked like they did except for Shiki, because he's an idiot. And I guess well, on Rebecca.
0: Re- Rebecca. She, well, no, no. Rebecca had cat ears in the game. Yeah, totally it's very, different. It's very different. Totally different.
1: Uh, so, yes, he is the great hacking genius Spider. And he's super famous. He is probably the best hacker ever. And no one can stop him. And oh no, it looks like your uh your security measures inside the ship is a little weak, so he's taken over Eden Zero and he's he's caused it to spin around and knock everyone around and he does it while well, dropping a whole bunch of gamer slang like I totally pooned you and you waste of human space. Ha ha ha. I'm surprised he didn't go a little further and just like do a shit ton of memes with him.
0: Yeah. Like, like in, instead of actually having his face show up on screen, it's just, like, meme still images. Oh. That would yeah, that have been, been a shit ton so. fun
1: funnier. It would have
0: been way more fun, yeah. Uh,
1: that's it that's that's happened. He starts causing explosions because he's overheating systems and causing things to explode. and Which is even saying, Aiden Zero is going to be demolished from the inside if this doesn't stop. So, they're like, well, shit, the only person you can fix this is Hermit. She's the only one. So... Shiki's going to try to get it fixed, so he's like, "I can't you hear us, Hermit? She's like, I hear you, but why don't you just evacuate? Uh, Weiss is going to do everything he can, try to repair the ship as much as he can, but as Shiki is saying, I don't, I'm i not going to give up on you and this ship, uh, we see Hermit saying that nothing matters, and she starts having a flashback. It's uh, someone being like, oh, an ether accelerator? And she's like, yes, that's a device that'll save a great number of bots Would you help us create this device? We humans need your powers. And uh, it's a young, very optimistic hermit smiling while saying, yes, I'd be happy to. So we're about to find out why hermit is so distrusting of humans.
0: Apparently she caused that robot genocide that uh, has been alluded to so much. So, yay! (laughs) That's actually a relatively good reason not to trust humans. Well done! (laughs) (laughs) But look at that
1: guy. He looks so friendly. That doctor.
0: Hello. I can be trusted. I've been on. Pe- I've been in two panels. You can totally get a good idea of what my personality is like. I have a Now, very when I turn guy. evil, my eyes are going to be a different, much more jagged shape. And I'm going to only make faces like this. <laughs> but you can trust me right now.
1: You can see from the first panel uh, in that page that he has a very long nose. So he already has it in to be a hideous and ugly character.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: That's chapter. Okay. I have really no thoughts on it right now. Not
0: really, no. It's it's, it's Eden Zero. Uh, okay. Hell Warden Haguma. It's chapter number 16, Finding Resolve, part 3. Last time, in the flashback, uh, Aunt Harma got stabbed by the Iron Demon guy. We find out in this chapter that that actually has really pissed off Engetsu, the Smoking Demon guy because he actually told him about what the plan actually was, that they could, you know, use the uh, use the family in order to get to Emma and kill him. And uh, no, Akagane was just like, no, this is my chance to kill them, bah! and uh, did that instead. By the way, the uh, reason why uh, this is important is because Haramon Az- 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 Azusa's big plan in order to uh, defeat Akagane was just the two of us will fight him as one.
1: That's very smart. That's the big, that's the big comeuppance. up. It's like, hold on, stick with me here. What if we both punch him at the same time? <laughs> I know, Wild Thought. Hold on, stick with me, though. I know this kind of defies all expectation and the logic, but like, conceivably we might be the smartest people ever to think of this. Uh,
0: so that didn't happen. Um, Harima tells something to Higuma as she dies. His dad dies, too, while Higuma runs away. And then we come back from the flashback after he's seen his dad die, too. And uh, he's back and he's really pissed off at Akagane. And uh, he completes the charge that happened before the flashback started. He manages to cut off one of his arms. And that's the end of the chapter.
1: Did you like it, Nick? Eh. Uh, Before we move on, by the way, I want to know, because we're not recapping Let Loose Yui Kamio anymore. But I just, I the, I generally read Jump through my phone, and the phone app, uh, there is like a separate line that just says, uh, continue reading series. So every time they put out new chapters, all of my stuff just runs into that. So I just generally, because Yui Kamiya was how I was reading it, it just shows up in there. I just, I've kept reading it. Sure. I, I want to note that this week's chapter was all about like Yui, uh, her friend was sick. It couldn't be there, and it happened to be like the, the physical education day. Uh, okay. and Yui is uh, supremely talented at everything uh, she's the best at everything she does okay. more shuttle runs than anybody else and it all culminates because a jealous person is like hiring uh, like trained assassin people to go after her and I want to note that they ended it on saying uh, Yui Kamino is faster than Usain Bolt at running <laughs> and I was like okay cool because the last person is ba- is clearly meant to be Usain Bolt as the, the mercenary assassin who's trying to catch her, and she outruns him. And I was like, "All right, my dude, you fucking live in this dream."
0: Okay, it is great. I
1: you didn't watch season two of, um, uh, Luke Cage, did you?
0: No, not yet. I have not. No,
1: it's the best moment from it. That's uh. What is his name? Sidewinder? No, whatever fucking snake name it is. He's just like, they say he's faster than Usain Bolt. He's like, nobody faster than Usain Bolt. It's like a line seven times. They are, this is apparently a very protective thing in Jamaica that nobody is faster than Usain Bolt.
0: I mean, you know, I can't prove that wrong. So, <laughs> okay. Why don't we move on to Neolation then, Chris? Mm-hmm. Neolation Neo on. could hack someone to be faster than Usain Bolt. He could, because <laughs> he's a he's a he's an internet wizard.
1: Yes. Uh, Neolation should process 17 people outside the internet. I put a question my there because I was like, they have those people outside of it? Oh, that's crazy. So we're at the funeral for Tabari because she's dead, never coming back, uh, but probably for real. Uh, and uh, Neo has visited and is outside uh, and kind of wiping his eyes, thinking about the last words she told her about going out in the world and finding people because those people will be your strength and you're going to become everyone's wizard. And uh, he's like, oh man, I don't know. Nobody could take your place, but if that's what you want, I'll make it happen. So he's like, watch me. He's thinking back to the burglar uh, who, who crushed her mess and caused her to die and all those evil people in the world. So then we, we cut back because this has all been a very long flashback, while Boogie's standing there, and he's just like, "Yes, yeah, see, you tell me about yourself. We're the same kind of people." And Yuko actually immediately butts in and is like, "No, you're wrong. He has nothing like a tank top wearing pervert like you." He's like, "Huh? Why am I a pervert? I don't understand." And she's like, "No, like, even though what he's doing is illegal." He's risking his own life, and he's helped me and my friend. He saved our lives, and you would never do that. And you know, Daigo then comes. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, he he's kind of a shitty person with shitty values, and he might be doing a crime, but I've seen him save plenty of people, and he's nothing like you. Don't dare assume he is. So, I Everyone's mean, know, sticking up for him. You know, even uh, Brother Ta comes and is just like, "Yep, yeah, clearly, there's absolutely nothing to it," because, you know. At the mere mention of threatening his character, these two people stood up for him, and you don't have anybody who would be like that, Boogie. And that's you know sort of the difference between you and Boogie's like, fine, whatever. And he starts leaving. He's like, you know, whatever. Next time we hang out, let's just have a one on one between the two of us. And he starts driving away, and he's like, what's up with these strong guys? You know, I ah, Neo, Cavout, and I'm gonna slurp both of you up. We cut over then. To Neo's hangout. And he's like. Oh, well that was pretty good. And they're like hey what's wrong with you like? He's like uh, don't worry about it I tripped. And then Daigo pushes him away. And he's like why is there a bullet hole in the couch? And he's like uh okay. So I guess I should explain some things. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a super assassin after me. We should probably break up and not not hang out anymore. Uh, and of course both Yuku and Daigo are like. What do you mean? Like, Why would we do that? And he's like. No, and then fucking Daigo actually hits him. And he's like, You know, All right, I, I understand you hit me. I got you involved with this. Don't worry about it. You won't get involved in anything further. And Daigo's like, No, that, that isn't about that. And then I just like, Yuka's like, Watch this. She does like a dance. <gasps> <laughs> and like, they're like, That was cool. <laughs> what was it? But then she explains, She's like, No, that's capiora. Or not capiora. Capoeira. Know, capoeira. That's it. Uh, she's like, yeah, I kind of figured that, you know, something like this might came up. So I incorporated the dance martial art into my dancing. So I'm ready to defend myself. Like,
0: and I'm going to go, I'm going to go kick get whatever his name is asses. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm going to use hip hop Akito or whatever bullshit they had. Fucking Zack and Power Rangers be a master of. <laughs> uh, and they both. Exp- that is exactly what it was called. Yes. <laughs> is it Hip hop Akito. I, I knew it was something along those lines. So he's like, you yeah, don't know, you don't get, this guy's dangerous. They're like, yeah, I mean, sounds scary. I guess that's why we kind of have to do it. Like, cause you know, you were in danger too. And you saved my friend and I'm not going to abandon you. They're, they're really passionate about this. And I goes like, yeah, like you did everything you could to save my sister. And we're going to pay that back. We're going to do the exact same thing. We're going to follow you without asking. And he's like, I, I don't know if you guys are just stupid or you can't comprehend the situation. But if words get across to you, then how about I make your phones burst into flames right now? And they both pick up their phone, and they put it right next to their faces. And they're like, sure, do it. And then we'll show you that we're, we're able to handle it. We're able to handle being your friends. And uh, Neo thinks back to Tabari. And he's, you know, her thing being like, I'm sure there are people out there who will rise up for you, break out of the internet, and go meet them. And Neo laughs to himself and says, ha, huh, friends, eh? Guess I can't do anything about that then. And they all laugh as the
0: chapter ha, 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 That's how they laugh. Ha, 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 yeah. I think, actually, only he's laughing. Because yeah. there's no arrows pointing to their faces. They're just smiling. He's just like, ha, ha, are yeah, the, both ha, 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 like, Maybe we should just let the Okay, maybe we out. maybe, maybe, uh, defending this maybe he's a little crazy. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> he's, he's unstable. This is terrible.
0: I like this chapter for the most part. I think that the conclusion is a little bit lame. Doesn't really stick it. Because he just kind of goes, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, but... I do like the it's I mean, it's very straightforward, you know, standard. I don't care how much danger we're in. We're your friends. We're going to follow you. But I like a lot of the stuff that we see out of Yuko in this chapter, like how despite the fact that she's always been this big dummy. That she knows what's going on here and she's got a realistic uh, view of the situation. She's like, but she's still determined to follow through on it. And I also like that she's the first one to stand up on Neo's behalf and be like, no, you're a fucking weirdo. And Neo risks his life every day in order to help other people. That's different from you. who Just does it to get his rocks off. So
1: it I like this chapter a lot because the, the very notion of like. Uh, two characters like the hero and the villain being compared to being similar and like the separation being like no because we have friends it's like a trope as old as like shonen manga is and a lot of the times it comes off as kind of lame but I think a lot times mm-hmm. it comes off as lame because there's no like explanation to it it's just like friendship is good and you know it's sort of like right you
0: know, if this you know, happened like, in Ian Zero it would be Shiki going, go and say, but we're still friends because I said we are yeah <laughs>
1: I, I like that there was actually like an explanation that made a lot of sense where they're like, no, the reason he's different is because you don't have anybody standing up for you. Like it it wasn't a point where they actually like stood behind him and were like, no, we're going to support you. Unprompted. They both interjected and are like, no, here's the reason why you're a shithead. And at the end of it, it made a pretty good point of like, yeah, he's got friends who are actually going to stick up for a boogie. And I like their moment at the end where they're both like, if you want to blow up our phones, that's fine, but we're going to still stay with you. Like If that's what it takes to show you that we're actually friends, then so yeah. be it. And again, I can't help but think that maybe this series is coming to an end and we're getting these moments, but God, do I wish it wasn't, because this is a, such a good point to like cement this core cast and move on to further adventures with. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, it's a really solid chapter. It's a really good yeah. moment.
0: It's funny that we got to a point with both series where it sort of started to look like they're going to end. And Hellwar and Higuma just kind of like, oh, I everything now. And it kind of killed like any interest I actually had in the series because like, well, OK, I mean, that would have been good if you had, you know, I guess had time to do it. But with this one, you know, it follows the pace that it feels like it, it originally was intended to have. It just maybe some stuff might have just been moved up. And so a lot of it hits very well. Um, so it really does kind of make me want to see it actually continue. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on from there to the last Sayuki chapter seven son Goku. Ah, so everything's got to be fine. Chris, you know, Goku's here. He's going to go super Saiyan and kill all the demons and you know, this weird looking white haired guy and that'll be it. Yay. No one in danger anymore. So, uh, Sai continues to mock uh, koharu and uh you know blame uh rinosuke's dad for what's going on uh, he actually mentions that originally he and koharu were a single being and thus he is always capable of feeling everything that she is feeling no matter where she is whether it's loneliness fear sadness hatred towards her but Three months ago, I was able to pinpoint exactly where Koharu was, and I was planning to go and meet her immediately, but I felt it. I felt her world opening up. She still had those doubts and fears and an overwhelming sense of self-hate, but there was no loneliness since she came here, all because of you, Ryo You hated Koharu, yet you always had a little compassion for her as well, and this was a completely new experience for her. I just wanted to feel it a little longer. So I decided to wait until your compassion for her went away. Interesting. Uh, But he realized on the day where he made his promise to her when they actually really bonded that that was not going to happen. I realized that you were never going to abandon her. And he actually is like crying with this kind of weird smile on his face because he's remembering the joy that Koharu felt. It's a very creepy moment. And he says, you know, we really like you, Rinosuke, and I wanted to feel you up close. I wanted to feel your feelings for Kahara more intensely. And then that's when Rinosuke's father is like, ah, okay, that's why he used his friends as bait. And the staff that's in his decapitated, not decapitated, uh, severed, severed. Yes, severed arm shoots out towards Sai's head, and he just manages to jerk his head out of the way so that it doesn't, you know, blow up. And then he just picks up his arm and goes, and he tells Rinosuke, he's like, it's okay, I'm fine, your father is immortal, don't worry about me, get out of here and protect Koharu. And of course, Rinosuke immediately runs off, uh, dragging Koharu by her arm, and uh, Sai says, you're not immortal, What what are you bullshitting him for? He says, however... No matter how close you may be to the true human form, that arm of yours, I know, is you know useless right now. So obviously, there's some stuff going on here that we aren't, you know, probably going to get an explanation of for a little while. It's just kind of one of those things that happens occasionally in Battle Monger. It's like, okay, you know, if something surprising happened. You're gonna have to wait for the explanation. Just go go with it for now. Um, so they have a standoff. Uh, Ryonosuke's father, however, is in big trouble because, despite the fact he can reattach his arm, it is just hanging limply at his side. Uh, Ryonosuke is running towards the gate of the shrine to get them to safety, but suddenly he hears a snap behind him, uh, as Koharu's arm has come off as she has stopped float and is floating in midair. And uh, he's like, "We well, you know what are, you, what are you doing?" And she says, "You go. I'm. I'm not going with you. I'll. I'll go with him because." You know, father's going to be hurt, and if I stay with you, your friends are just going to be targeted. You know, it's just like he said. You know, I shouldn't be here. I can't make friends. You know, I'm I'm just a burden to everyone. And of course, case sets up again, and he says, "Look, if you actually want to go with him, then I'm not going to stop you. You know, I know that he is your if he is actually your brother, like he says, then you should." go with him if you want to be with that family of yours. But I'm your brother too. And I don't know exactly what the right thing to do here is, but I know that I don't want to lose my family. I don't want to lose my father and I don't want to lose you. And after he assures her that way, he says, I know how sad you are because I I feel sad when you're crying too. So if you say it, I won't be scared anymore. So tell me what you really want and then she says, I want to stay with you. And the same connection that she had with Sai seems to spark between her and Rhinosuke. And when we cut back, Sai has Rhinosuke's father on the ropes. It looks like he's going to finish him off. Suddenly, Extendo staff comes bursting in from off panel. He dodges out of the way of it and it starts branching off uh, more uh, like, well, like the branches of a tree to start striking him from weird angles and stuff. And eventually one of them manages to wrap around his arm as Ryunosuke arrives. And he has the same glow surrounding him as Koharu has before. And Sai remarks, well, if you can use the Nyoibo that well, it's almost like your son Goku. And that's the end of the chapter. Very cool stuff happened in this in this chapter. I love the uh branching staff.
1: Hey Nick, did you notice they brought the uh the war raiders up from NXT?
0: And they're called the Viking Experience.
1: Yeah, Ivar and Eric. The the Viking they changed their actual names too. Yeah,
0: yeah. like can someone like just, you know, put Vince to bed? You know? <laughs>
1: can the XFL just happen and fail? <laughs> <laughs> So we don't have to deal with it anymore. The Viking
0: Experience. <laughs> are they gonna, like, take out fucking guitars that like, we are the Viking Experience? This is about our ancestors, and they just play lame songs? Like, come on.
1: They hand out fucking sausage and mead to the front row, like, this is the Viking Experience. You can pet my beard. <laughs> Oh, sorry. No, this is a fun chapter. I just, I, I'm very distracted. by that.
0: If uh, someone was telling me about that, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me?
1: <laughs> All right. Let's talk about We Never Learned, Nick. Question 107. Spirits on the sand draw tomorrow's pizza bet. So, <laughs> several weeks after that conversation in December. So we're a little bit further beyond this. And uh, Uwega is hanging out at his cram school. And uh, he thinks back to his mom being like, Yeah, mm-hmm. you can use money we save, whatever most benefit you And he's like, Yeah, well, let's at least Continuity. Continuity. Yeah, she's like, You should at least it She's like, What are you gonna do? You gonna upset your mom? You gonna disobey her? She's like <laughs> No, you got me. So
0: Fine, <laughs> I'll live for myself.
1: <laughs> Yuwega accepts the money basically because he doesn't want to be <laughs> pecked by his mother. And I'm like, that's the perfect reason why Yuwega would finally like, breakage and, and then accept the money. He's like, I don't want to get yelled at. Uh, so Yuwega is heading up to his class and he's like, oh, hey, uh, who's this? Seems like somebody's kind of a little lost. So he walks up and he shows her the way, and it's this very, very beautiful woman who's like, "Thanks for showing me the way. I really appreciate it." And he's like, "Oh wow, you know, she's kind of small. I wonder she must be somebody's little sister." Uh, and Yuwiga passes by a whole bunch of people who are thanking him for all the help that he's given him. and uh, she's like, "Yeah, you know, thanks. No worries about it." Uh, but it's basically they call out as Yuwiga, so the woman who says it. It's like, oh my god, are you Narayuki Uiga? Eek! It's actually you! I've heard so much about you! Thank you for all the support you've done for Arasumi! And he's like, what do you mean, Arasumi? And he starts like, oh, it must be like Asumi's little sister. <laughs> walks in the classroom. Because
0: she's so tiny and young looking, yeah?
1: <laughs> Asumi walks straight in. He's like, huh, uh, I guess it's a surprise. I never knew you had such a cute little sister. Ha ha ha! And she's like, yep. You call me big sis at your school, and I just look on because eye her eyes go dead, and she just starts rubbing her temple. She's like, "What the fuck are you doing here, mom?" <laughs> <laughs> I love this. She doesn't immediately just cuts my dude. She's like, "God damn it, mom, get the fuck out of here!"
0: And like, Ewing is in the middle of like patting her on the head because she's such a good little sister. Assuming he <laughs> must be so proud of her. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, so she explains then she's like, yeah, her and my dad have been separated for a while. She works overseas, so she's not in Japan very often, and everything like that. And yeah, she's just kind of a really active personality. Like she's even just like, oh, you know, don't you like older women you wake? And she's like, Stop it! He's younger than your daughter, <laughs> you weird old woman. <laughs> Uh, and she even's like, oh, but I heard you two are serious lovebirds, but it's weird, you know, it doesn't seem like you've been actually very, uh, you know, lovey-dovey with each other. Uh, if that's not correct, I, I better just tell your father. So they hold hands during class under the table, because, like, fuck, because she actually hangs around in the class with them just watching, quietly eking to herself about how affectionate they're being with one another. She's like, I'm sorry, let's just get through class. She noticed, She's like, huh, it's kind of interesting. You. You're you really good at holding hands. He's like, what? No, I'm not. <laughs>
0: no, nothing. Has you always been left-handed? Because uh, he's running with, he's, he's forced to write with his left hand there. I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm curious about that. I'm going to have to, like, go back and look at some previous stuff might, to see. Yeah, I'm
1: not 100% certain. If not, though. then
0: that means he's ambidextrous, which, you know, good for you, dude. Yeah. Uh,
1: so they go home afterwards to the Komenami Clinic and immediately start showing every embarrassing photo of Asumi that they find. are like, here's where she insisted only on sleeping on clinic beds. And here's where she got punished because she tried to steal a real needle. <laughs> and here's the last time she went to bed. And I do like how Ewing is just like, huh, you were really cute back then. She's like, we don't have to go along with it. What do you mean cute back then? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a nice little detail to throw in there, too.
1: Yeah. And then eventually she pull uh, the mom pulls up a photo that uh, it's not it's a, or drawing. a a drawing rather that Sumi had drawn uh, about her being the doctor of the Kominami clinic and having a bunch of people really happy for her and her mom and dad in the background you know, it's like,
0: actually really cute <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> it's a very precious drawing youggy even thinks like oh what a cute piece what a cute picture and as like grabs it she's like I should have got rid of this quit showing him stuff get out of here Uh, but then uh, her mom teases again and is like, you know, for a pair of young lovebirds, they don't seem really flirty, do they? Oh, I know. They'll play the pretzel munch, pretzel stick munchy munchy game. Uh, it's
0: it's it's you know. It's the lady in the tramp with a stick of pocky.
1: Yeah, yeah. The meet you in the middle kind of thing that I used to do with my mm-hmm. brother all the time. When one of us would eat a sandwich would get the a other gay, person gay chicken it, yeah. <laughs> well, mostly to eat half a sandwich, you run up and you bite the other half, you say meet you in the middle and then Yeah, well anyway, I don't need to tell you any further what we used to do. <laughs> Actually this reminds me. Uh
0: strange tales from the Larios family. <laughs> <laughs> ah yeah, I'll explain it later um
1: <laughs> so yeah they explain like hey you know that's how the story goes so we get a couple of pages where they're kind of like slowly getting towards it he's like don't worry just, just keep doing like eventually at one point you know we'll, we'll figure it out and they get really close and then soon we kind of set like whispers like should we go for it
0: and which has like, got to be really impressive because she's got like half a stick of pocket in her mouth right now here you we know? oh he's going to be like oh? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: And then immediately the, the the remainder of the stick Kind of snaps in half so they're done And uh, the dad's really disappointed Because he really wants to see His daughter get laid And have a baby I think I don't know <laughs> he's desperate for this shit Because he's so despondent When it doesn't happen And the mom has to literally push him out of the room Uh and he's just like, "Huh, you know, if we had, if she hadn't stopped right now, did did she actually mean it? We see even the Shumi is a little blushing right now, so interesting." Uh, then the mom comes back in, and he's just like, "By the way, I know everything that's going. I know you two aren't actually Dave, but don't worry, I'll keep your secret for right now." <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of funny to see that the uh, the mom is kind of just as much of like yeah. a playful tease as Asumi is. So.
0: Well, it's also a nice change of pace to for to finally have a parental figure in this series who is not completely naive to the ways of the world. Uh-huh. Like, when you think about all of the different parents we've seen so far, Ogata's dad, Asumi's dad, Fumino's dad, Yuiga's mom, all of them get the wrong impression about every woman in Yuiga's life and for once there's a, yeah, I know that you guys are fake again. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's also nice seeing Asumi on the opposite end of all the
0: teas
1: yeah yeah too. uh so she you know afterwards she's like hey sorry for everything about that i guess i got you roped into a big mess and he's like no nah, it's cool i got to see how much the clinic means to you and uh, sumi's kind of looking at that drawing she made She's like yeah well ever since as a kid it was the source of all of my dreams so just watch i'm gonna make it as a doctor and keep the the clinic going business is gonna be booming and there's a sweet little moment where they both smile. And then your wig is like, is, is a booming hospital a good thing? Shut up! <laughs> do I like I, just, like, I don't know if that's a good thing if you couldn't a ton. It is! Things. You shut up! <laughs> Cut away a little bit later. Sumi's working. And she's a little hungry, so she's going down for a snack. And she hears the door open as her parents are talking. And uh, her mom's like, oh, you sure? You haven't told us Sumi yet, have you? So she's, she's overhearing. And her dad's like, "Yep, I'm reaching a turning point. I'm just, I'm running out of stamina. And I think it's time to close the doors for the Kominami Clinic." And we see uh, Asumi staring in from the outside as she she learns the news that her dream is probably going to end before she even gets a chance.
0: It's very downer note to end the chapter. We never learned on. You're so used to seeing you know the jokey bits to kind of break the tension. No, just well, little Asumi just out in the dark hallway staring and watching her you know dream disappear.
1: It's uh, it's worth noting. Someone uh, earlier in chat posted this that d- they specified that we're now in December and we never learned mm-hmm. Japan exams are in January. Mm-hmm. So there's a limited amount of time that this manga is still working on, unless it changes mm-hmm. the formula it's working on dramatically when all the characters mm-hmm. leave and go their different ways. So we might be at the point where the series got to start is going to start wrapping up right and this would be a good spot to wrap up the story of Kominami as you know the most important thing to her is this clinic what you know what happens with that and I really like it it was a super effective chapter for Kominami uh, I, I liked seeing her story here I like how we get like a wide range of her personality from like the like kind of adult like, Put upon person who walks into the room and is just like, "What the fuck are you doing here, mom?" <laughs> her super nervous and shy because they're right. showing family photos of her. to her. You know, her excitement at being like, "Yeah, you know, I'm gonna do everything I can. This this place is gonna be great. It's everything I always wanted." To then just immediately that heart crushing fucking stomping at the end where she's like, "Oh fuck, everything's ending."
0: For a romantic comedy harem series, We Never learned does a very good job of making a lot of its characters feel very complete uh, over time. Uh, I I do agree with the sentiment that we're probably closer to the series end than we are to its beginning by this point. I'm not sure if it's going to end soon, especially because, you know, you could very easily have a sliding time scale for the last part of the school year. But... Uh, it definitely feels as though things are starting to get resolved. I mean, Yuiga's big character uh, conflict got pretty much resolved in the last chapter, uh, so it does seem as though now is the time when we're going to go around to some of the other uh, girls and are going to start wrapping things up with them. We kind of already got it to a degree with with Kirisu. Oh. Which she had kind of already, like, set herself out on a certain path, but she kind of got a bit of that reassurance uh, in her story arc with her sister and the ice skating thing. So it seems as though some stuff is starting to wind down for a lot of their the individual character arcs. Uh, So yeah I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, where this goes for Sumi because uh, she's one of the best characters in the series. So
1: yeah, I, I think uh, it's worth specifying too, that even if the series is ended, I think we still have a very long time with it left because mm-hmm. there's still a lot to deal with with a lot of the girls. like just even considering what happens with you know, Aruka. You're like, mm-hmm. well, that shit's gonna take fucking like a month and a half. I feel like, cause there's a lot of stuff to get to still get through. Firmino still hasn't even fully confronted the fact that she has feelings for Uega that she's been kind of holding back on. There's a lot to still get to, but as like I said, I think we're winding up these character arcs, and I don't know, man. It it's it's one of the series where you're like, fuck, this is this is a goddamn gem. This is this I I know I got a lot of shit because I said the series is better than Nisekoi, and immediately went to just. Fan servicing nonsense for the longest time, but I'm going to go a step further. Oh, no. We Never Learn is the oh, no. gold standard for harem comedies.
0: I mean, that's not a great standard, but <laughs> it's
1: the, gold, it is the best one that's ever happened. The best one.
0: How many have you read?
1: Chris? <laughs> like 12, Nick. I think I know what I'm talking about. It's only 13 or 14, right? I'm only missed a couple. Too low for right? That's one I'm to miss it.
0: I, I guess I'm, I'm not remembering exactly how many we've read for week recap. Recaps. So I'm like, how many have you read? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to move on now to Dr. Stoon. It's chapters equals 101. Treasure chest. Yar. Uh... Senku announces all of a sudden as they're going across the sea on the uh, Perseus, I almost said Petraeus for some reason, Perseus, uh, that uh, now they're going to revive the entire human population. Everyone's like, "What? what are you talking about? And he's like, well, look, see, the revival fluid... That, you know, we've been using up to now, you know, came from like the Miracle Cave. And but we there is another means of making revival fluid. In fact, we could do it with an we could have an endless source of it, courtesy of a certain godly item hidden in a treasure chest on Treasure Island. Everyone's like, whoa, what? We get a flashback to back when uh, Byakia, uh, pardon me, uh, was with the, the rest of the Soyuz survivors. And uh, he used the, you know, he's got like the wedding ring that uh, was uh, used between the, you know, I forget if they're dead or not. (laughs) I think they might be (laughs) by this point. The couple that got married. And he puts that away and he says, all right, we're going to put this uh, along with the uh, other precious rocks and minerals and they will sleep for now hidden within our treasure chest to put them in the hands of some future scientist. The location of those treasures was woven into the 100 tales. And then we pick up a different flashback where Senku is talking with Ruri and he's like, all right, I need the no- you know, to tell me about the knowledge that was passed down, the 100 tales. I need to hear all of them. And there's, of course, a moment because, you know, he's going to meet with her privately and they're going to, you know, talk all night about the hundred tales and uh, Kah- Kah- Kaharu's, you know, saying he's like, yeah, he's, you know, just going to stay with my sister tonight. And, you know, Ginro's like, no, that's not fair. No! <laughs> I wanted to fuck her first.
1: <laughs> they're like, stop being such a weird, creepy, weirdo person. No, my plan to look like a
0: brave person so that I could sleep with two different women at once failed. (laughs) Stop it.
1: (laughs) Why are you screaming this?
0: (laughs) So there's a kind of like weirdly intimate beginning to it because Rui's like, I hope you're ready. And there's like a close up on her lips and she says, we shall start with the first of the hundred tales. And there's actually a really funny moment because, you know, like, Night passes, the sun rises, and Gen's like, okay, let's go see how the marathon storytelling session is doing. And I'm sure that they're wrapping up soon. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, story about poisonous fish life I hear. All right, let's go see now what they're doing. And then he's like, all right, the next of the 100 tales, the eighth. And like on the ground. Like, please pause.
1: <laughs> need a snack. <laughs>
0: But he, he does, you know, after a bit where he gets to take a break, he's like, I do actually get, you know, like, yeah, must have, you know, I wonder if, like, you know, having to learn all these tales and talk all of this much is the reason why you got pneumonia. <laughs> uh, but he says, like, OK, I, the important thing that I need to know about it, what I probably should have opened with was I need stories about rocks and minerals like, I mean, look, you know, some of the village, a lot of the villagers are named after stones, right? So there's got to be plenty of information about them in the hundred tales. So, um, uh, Murray goes with, uh, you know, like, okay, well, there is, you know, amber, Kohaku. There's a, that's a transparent jewel that glistens like the sun, uh, gold, which is like sand that also gleams like the sun known to slumber within the treasure chest. Diamond, uh, within this chest, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually, Senka says, "Okay, well, what about platinum? And uh, he says in the present, platinum is a metal that's, you know, even more rare than gold. We would only need a tiny piece of it. And that would be the catalyst for making more nitric acid than we would ever need. And then machine capable of producing unlimited revival fluid could be ours, just a tiny piece of it. So that's why they need to seek out the treasure chest in order to do this. So uh Kohaku, you know, immediately turns to Chrome and is like, is there anything like that in your collection? And he's like, no, 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 no. I mean, it would have been really cool if I did, but no, that's way too rare. I've never been able to find it before. Um, he also um, points, they also go over um, something very important about the population that they've been working with. Uh, he says, you know, even a tiny amount of, you know, making this, Platinum would have taken a really, really long time. And uh, so Caucus says, well, why didn't we just make a really tiny amount of it anyway, even if it did take a while? And Gen says, well, we have to consider Dunbar's number. The largest number of people that the human brain can typically maintain stable relationships with is 150. That effectively places an upper limit on the size of a community and is a concept used when putting together military units and squads. So, what do you think the current population of the Kingdom of Science is? And everyone's like, okay, well, the Sukasa Empire had about 100 people, there's 40 people in Ishigami Village, and then you add a few people. Oh, we're at 150 people, basically. So, as Gin says, like, I already told Senku this, but if we were to just increase our numbers further, it would lead to, you know, splintering of factions and such. So... If Senku had stood up and said, hey, I made more revival fluid, but we can only revive a few people at a time, then the kingdom would have come apart at the seams. So we have to basically revive everybody else at once now at this point. We can't just chip away at it further because otherwise the entire efforts of the the kingdom of science are going to splinter apart. So that's why this is so important now. So they basically now know that a bit of platinum is inside of the treasure chest, the Soyuz space capsule on treasure Island. And that's why they're sitting off there. They're like, okay, well, if we can find this, then we're good. Okay. Where do we go in order to find that Soyuz capsule? And they're like, uh, we have to go and check, you know, for this particular Island, you know, maybe we'll, we'll set off for there. And then the door opens up and they're like, Hey, so, um, the, there's a member of, Gen talks with the guy who opens the door and he's like, hey, there's a member of a power team here who actually has, a, has valuable information to offer to us. And it's the bald guy with the scar on his head who had question marks under his name in that big two-page spread of all the different members of Ishigami Village way back when we first encountered it. Well done. Like, <laughs> like we
1: held this one on their fucking back pocket for
0: a while <laughs> so that was something like what you know 70 75 chapters ago Oof.
1: something like that yeah
0: yeah so so senk is like oh it's i don't know your name and krak is like it's okay but he doesn't have a name it's not that you forgot it. he just doesn't have one
1: it's like, I mean, like i wondered why i wrote no name on my checklist and shouted <laughs> it out I was. I thought that was interesting I shouted out no name and a guy came on board uh,
0: the no name guy says well I'm not actually originally from Ishigami village I washed up on the beach when I was a baby and a couple took me in and raised me as their own child my true name would have been too conspicuous in Ishigami village so I've lived without a name all these years because my parents are awful and didn't give me a new name
1: <laughs> hey well, we can't use his actual name because it would raise suspicion. Let's just give him nothing. No one will question that.
0: <laughs> no one will be like, hey, what's your... Oh my your- gosh, what a wonderful precious baby. I can't believe you managed to have one after all these years. What's his name? Uh-huh. Nothing. <laughs> the- now
1: they won't ask any further questions.
0: <laughs> his name is nothing? No, no, no. He just he, he has nothing for a name.
1: It's weird. We didn't see you pregnant. Mm, yep i absolutely was well that's great what's the baby's name nothing and no no further no further questions as they slap the microphone (laughs) away from them and
0: say yes i was never pregnant with this baby that i haven't named now no that's (laughs) my story you can't question it
1: (laughs) then they proudly walk over (laughs) place their hand on their child and they're like now nobody will question your origins i whatever her name pa-
0: is I'm not t- now I'm not naming you
1: <laughs> I paused there to then insert your name but I realized you didn't have one so awkward silences will be your name from now on just figuratively though I want you to remember you have no actual name
0: name is not awkward silence it is and there you go <laughs> I'm
1: glad we had this talk good See, job you're getting
0: it now <laughs> Children are, be, are to be seen and not heard or called by name. <laughs> <laughs> so he says that his real name is Soyuz and he thinks that he may be able to guide them to the place where he came from, to the capsule with the treasure. And so he sets off as their guide and is like, all right, well better or for worse. This tells us one thing for 10 billion percent certain our treasure island isn't deserted dun dun
1: dun hey there we go uh so look i i think one thing i've i've changed with over time is to not like try to harp on series as much when there's like small minor plot holes i think eventually you come to realize you don't care as much i do think there are some issues with Suyuz's character origins that would certainly do better with some explanation like how does he know his own name how does he know this story if he was brought here as a baby like there are things that i'm definitely like it feels like there's more that we should be getting out of this but i do appreciate that this was a payoff sort of thing that if you were somebody who's been watching for a long time you're like i wonder what the deal with this character is you're like hey you finally get it yeah it's a very cool moment there uh and, I hope and there's get... there's a
0: lot of you know patience and foresight to set that up uh, all the way back then. So,
1: so I'm hoping we get some cool stuff out of Soyuz. I hope he's more than just like our in into this moment. I hope Soyuz becomes like a full character. We get to see some some stuff out of him and find out like what his kind of special skill and everything like that is. Uh, and I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah. Okay. Alright, let's move over to Seven Deadly Sins, Nick. Chapter 307, Epilogue 1. Because it's an epilogue. And mm-hmm. we get a lot of, like, touching upon characters. Guys, we're probably in, like, the last chapter to... Uh, I don't know how long this epilogue's going <laughs> to go, but we're certainly in the last rung of this series. So I, I, I don't want to go over everything that happens, mostly because I don't remember every character's name who's involved in these scenes. But we get, like, kind of a collage to a bunch of different places. We see the king of... Leone's I believe is the city they're from you know kind of being like oh cool you know I'm glad that the holy wars come to an end but we lost some people and that's very unfortunate and Slater's like don't worry we have the wars of dawn we're gonna help rebuild the kingdom it's gonna be our same thing he's like cool but I want you two to to stay by my side tonight and uh, I don't know who the other person who's with him is but they're like "Ah, oh, I kind of gotta get going so they just fucking slams him in the head and it's like now we're cool we'll stay here tonight <laughs> uh yeah as people are saying yeah I'm sure we'll get some stuff with Arthur at some point that that's like almost a given here's the whole scene with Gil Thunder and Margaret uh and I do like how they're like Gil Margaret and they're like they're kind of like patting each other and how just like save the heavy petting for later we're here <laughs> like wait till you're alone uh Hendrickson and Dreyfus have their scene together and you know Dreyfus apologizes for everything that's kind of happened and, uh, you know, Dreyfus eventually is just like, look, you know, my wife's dead. My older brother's dead. and
0: Dead, wife, dead, my, dead, my, dead, dead.
1: You yeah, know, My son, he's, he's grown up. He's probably going to be having a son of his family any time, you know. Nobody's really here with me. So I guess you're going to be the person I'm going to hang out with now. And you're going to have to be the person that I... The only person in my life I have left to complain to. And, like, and it's like Henderson is like, this job sucks. He's like, let's get a beer, <laughs> complaining buddy. <laughs> we have scenes with like Jericho and uh, Gila and all the- Jericho's characters.
0: wearing a dress, Chris.
1: Very important. Uh, and all the fairies show up and all sorts of stuff. Let's move to the real hardest. Let's move to the moment Nick wants us to talk about, which is Hawk eating garbage while crying. <laughs> uh, Warhawk! And Bon and Melodia show up. They're like, why are you crying? And he's like, well, I just realized how worthless I was during the war. And Melodia's is like, that's something new. <laughs> like, Bond just chops him in the head. And he's like, no, what I realize is that I'm going to be weakly until the day I die. I'm never going to be strong. I, I don't deserve to be associated with people like you. And Bond is just like, did you eat something weird gets hit in the head again? Uh, but then Bond's like, look, I respect you because, yeah, you are weak, but you always risk your life to save people. You know, that's not something that anybody can do. And they're like, yeah, you might be a coward, but a weak person who is going to, you know, still put themselves in danger to face a strong opponent is the bravest person of all. And Hawk starts crying and he leaps towards them, and they both move out of the way. And they're like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause you're covered in snot and dirt and trash. Like, don't don't get
0: angry at us. We're not gonna hug you."
1: And he's like, "Hey, you know, Bob's like, hey, you know what? Why don't we'll do something to help you out?" So they start singing. They and they sing the song of Mild, the the brother of Hawk, who they met in Purgatory, and uh you see Hawk abuse He's like what kind of lame song is that how <laughs> would you come up with that in purgatory <laughs> why can't I stop crying He's just <laughs> sobbing tears down and uh, I feel like for Nick this is a very cathartic moment because uh, I don't
0: know Hawk. I didn't actually like it very much <laughs>
1: oh, Hawk got his peanuts <laughs>
0: Uh, b- Nick, biggest Hawk fan on the on the planet was just like oh, I didn't really like Hawk's big emotional finale.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be your whole review, like Nick. What'd you think of the moment? <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we cut over to the Boar's Hat. We go inside, and every fucking buddy is in there everybody's partying. I do like how we actually see Dreyfus and Hendrickson in there. And it does look like Dreyfus is complaining about some bullshit to him. And Hendrickson's like, whatever, I'm drunk.
0: What I like about it is that it's supposed to be this big thing of like, Hey, everyone's here celebrating. And I'm just like, who the fuck are half these people? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: There's kind of a sad scene that's treated as a joke. As male is lamenting the death of his two brothers,
0: and they're like, "It's okay, male. Have another drink."
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, "Huh? Who thought he was a weepy drunk?" I was like, "To be fair,
0: <laughs> he's lost all of his all of his friends. Like,
1: all of them are gone.
0: <laughs> all three of the uh, three of the four angels are dead, and he's just crying about them." <laughs>
1: Uh, then they're like we see all the different characters are helping there's kind of a whole bunch of comments about like oh hey look uh, King looks so regal and oh Ascanar is helping and specifically uh Elizabeth's like melodious Spawn, hey we're, we're we're handling this don't worry about it uh oh it's also worth noting that male killed the while like consumed by the commandments so he has a tremendous amount of guilt towards it too <laughs> man that scene gets darker every time I think about it. <laughs> Uh, Elizabeth's like, hey, we'll handle it. You guys hang out there. And they're like, huh, all right. So they hang out. They, they go on the balcony. And they're like, yeah, it's nice you know, seeing a starry night after a thousand years. And uh, Bond's even like, yeah, at this rate, the booze is going to go dry. And he's like, yep, we're going to have to go out in a booze run soon. Bond just says, and when will that be? And Malia says, I knew you'd figure it out. And Bond just notes, you can't stay here much longer, can you? So when is it that you'll be leaving us?
0: So it seems like Meliodas is going to uh, die because his eternal life is, uh, you know, gone now. So, yeah. Um, Okay. I guess that series is probably going to end now. Probably.
1: They're like, no, we haven't even covered the decade. Seven holy virtues. Give it to me. (laughs) We haven't covered all the mysteries of the rosary. There's five different ones in three sections each.
0: I don't even know what that is.
1: It's such a nonsense bullshit. Just shit you do while you pray the rosary. Okay. I had to memorize them. I got graded on knowing these things at a point in time. I just want to note, that's where my anger comes from. I'm not angry about Catholicism or organized religion. I'm just angry that I went to a school that I had to memorize these things that have zero relevance in the rest of, my, rest of my life going forward. No one knows what the mysteries of the rosary are and they it doesn't fucking matter.
0: Harumph. Okay then. Let's move on to The Promised Everland chapter 131, The Entrance. Uh this, this is probably going to be a relatively short recap because like the first half of it is almost entirely visual. Oh, ooh, look at this. This looks cool. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Nothing really happened. We're here at this doorway. Yeah. Um Ray and Emma do the ritual so that they can go to the entrance to meet with blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> It's the exact same pronunciation every time, Chris. Yeah. Don't you judge me. <laughs> I like um, for some, they note that like even the first time that they came here to take a look at this doorway that they're now in front of that for some reason, despite the fact that they don't recognize the language, they can actually read it. So it's an interesting little detail that they just can somehow understand it. So uh, basically, they say it says on the doorway that after you go through the entrance, you cannot return. If you wish to if you wish to return, open this door from the other side to go back. Uh, And so they're going to go meet with the figure that Emma saw in the vision, uh, but going properly through the entrance. And uh, she also is she's and, you know. She's like, OK, so we know also that it's not going to be an easy journey, but they're both just like, let's do this. And then they head through flash of light comes through the other side. And then we cut away to a meeting in the demons imperial capital where uh, various nobles from the region houses. Uh, there's a total of five of uh, five of them gathered there. And they're just kind of bickering uh, because one of them is you know, just slouching on the floor. His name is Daza. And they tell him to stand the fuck up. Uh, notably, we see the there are relatives of the people who were killed uh, at uh, Goldie Pond. For example, uh, the Lord Bayon, who was killed there, his son is now serving as the new Lord. Uh, Nusa Numas, uh, I can't I don't know, siblings, whatever uh, there is. Their representative is, is there as well. And also it's it's cool to note that like, oh, there are similarities in the masks of the region houses. Like the new Lord Bayon looks exactly like the old Lord Bayon because he's wearing basically an identical mask. Uh, and this also gets further accentuated when we learn that Luvis uh, was the brother of the queen, Legrevalima, who is wearing a mask that is very similar to uh, Luvis's as well. Um, she arrives and all of the nobles bow after they've been bickering waiting for her to arrive, and then she beckons them to rise as we end the chapter, and that's it. Very short chapter, but, you know, nice little, some cool visuals and some, you know, little details to note here and there. That's basically it.
1: Yeah. I, it, this feels like a very big chapter, despite not having a ton to talk about, but this is one of those chapters where you're more kind of in awe of everything you're seeing. Like, you have a lot of, like, grandest to kind of observe and like the process of lean up to the jaw there's what like four different two-page spreads there's a lot
0: of two-page spreads just just pure just like look at this you know and so there's not a lot to actually talk about
1: it's something where when you read it especially the first time you're able to definitely digest it it's super cool and super enjoyable uh and then you get the bit at the end where we see all the different demons and everything like that so certainly interesting uh, but I, I agree that there's not a ton to, to like, recap on it because it's basically like, hey, they get to the door and there be a queen. Yep. But her name is very difficult to say. And also one of the demons is uh, Luvis's little brother. Woo! All right. Well, let's talk about a chapter with the biggest plot twist of all time at the end. Nobody saw this coming, Nick. We're talking about Black Clover, page 201, the top level of the Shadow Palace. Uh, so the devil goes to the top level of the Shadow Palace, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> which I don't know why they gave him that last laugh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, the door to the outside.
0: Never going to be able to to see him speak without imagining that voice now.
1: So fucking like, you know, pot, pot. (laughs) You'll never stop me. I have the book. (laughs) Patrick shows up and he's like, I won't let you go. And he's of course like, that's no surprise. I don't kill you properly now. Yeah. Lightning Lance. And they have a big fight. He like, you know, Patrick deflects the Lightning Lance. He makes him an earth shield. He blocks it. He summons a storm of blades, which he does twice. So it's it's kind of like his signature thing. Like that's his, it's kind of the devil's spell. So storm of blades. Uh, and even is like, ah, okay, your, your sword, you know, absorbs and nullifies magic. But I imagine its affinity with physical matter is poor, so he binds it up and then prepares to impale him with a giant iron spear. Uh, But before that can hit, the elf that's possessed Charlotte, I think is her name. I don't know why. It's been a really long time.
0: It is. Yes. Uh,
1: I don't know if we know what her name is.
0: Her elf name? No, I don't think we
1: do. I I, I don't know. Uh, Specifically noting, there's an elf (laughs) who is not an apostle of Sephira. So... I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm trying to... Whatever that Yami, means, man. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Yami's also there. And he's like, cool, you're ugly. And he's like, "Yeah, why? I'm so mean. But uh, I do like how Yami's like, I mean, I don't know. You kind of just take a look at him and you're like, this is the most evil motherfucker in existence. <laughs> I I kind of, I don't really know the situation, but I kind of just saw this dude and was like, well, this looks like the biggest bad guy I've ever seen, so I'm going to fight him.
0: I mean, he says it like... Like in a way that's like really ominous at first, because he's like, what's up with this key? He's pure malice. And then after a second, he's just like, bad guys don't get more obvious than that. He's like,
1: (laughs) I may not be, look, I may not be the sharpest tool in the kitchen, guys. But even I can see the dude with, like, demon horns and little wings and the black eyes who's sitting there and never stops smiling and cackling to himself. <laughs> I, even I can grasp that's the bad guy in this situation. So he teams up with Elf Charlotte and uh, even says, like, don't you let that body be damaged? Because he cares a lot about Charlotte. Apparently, And they're going to fight. and uh, they, they fight. It's it's basically all they really do. And We cut but away. They, they, yeah, they they cut off his arm. It looks like, uh, but we already know from before that that really doesn't matter. So, right. We're gonna see. Yeah, we cut away, and Finral is sleeping, and uh, Nero flies over and pokes him on the head, and he's like, "Huh, Nero, what's going on?" And Nero says, Drink me to the demon." <laughs> What the fuck is that voice? <laughs> this is, it's my very deep demon voice. Take me to the demon
0: bones. Take me to the demons' bones.
1: <laughs> I'm like, I well, I'm not sure if it's that or it's my Sydney Poitier. <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe it's like as he's inside it's like, eee, take me to the demon bones. Wow,
0: Finrod. You must take me to the demon's Bounds.
1: <laughs> like, like, we have to give the devil a voice, right? Like, what's it gonna be? <laughs> That's where we're throwing it to you, audience. You get to determine what the demon lord's voice is gonna be. Hit us up. Get, post it on Instagram, on Twitter, on Tumblr, on Snapchat. A lot of places where we have absolutely no online media presence. <laughs> you let us know what's the voice of the devil.
0: What's that one video social media platform? Tout! Yeah. Tout! Yeah, yeah tout the voice that you want us <laughs> <it> to
1: do. <laughs> is tout still up?
0: <laughs> it's a, that's a legitimate question. Is does is tout still a thing?
1: <laughs> I'm trying to see. I, just, I, I keep typing it wrong. Hey, tout's still up there. And there you WWE go. And must still sponsor it because it's the first <laughs> thing you see when it pops up.
0: All right. Uh, okay. okay. Let's move on to One Piece. One Piece! There's a One Piece on top of the One Piece logo, so you know how to say One Piece. It's a little odd looking. Chapter 939. The Old Leopard Never Forgets the Way. Uh, this is a cover page of Jinbei sitting down, getting a haircut from a weird crab thing. He's got a mustache. And a hat. Okay. Last chapter ended with uh, Kumurasaki revealing that she is actually Momonosuke's younger sister from the past. She's all grown up because of time travel and all that stuff. And uh, we immediately see that Kumurasaki's personality is, of course, different from the persona that she's been putting on all this time. Uh, It's a little bit concerning to me because it seems like it's going to be yet another, you know, like, oh, look at this, you know, very strong, controlling, dominant female characters. No, 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 They're they're a damsel in distress who is, you know, vulnerable and a little bit goofy, and that's it. It just kind of seems to be a thing that keeps on happening. Um, I'm not going to say, you know, just yet it's like, oh, well, Oda ruined another character. was like, eh, kind of going down that same path we've done a lot of times recently. So, mm, makes me, uh, tepid. Yeah. So, we'll see. Uh, and, uh, we actually get a little bit of a recap from Zoro's perspective of who the different members of the Akazai and nine are uh, because she actually specifically says the Dogstorm and cat Viper are among that group. So we've already met them. And then of course there's Rizo Oki Kondro and Okiku. So there's three that he doesn't know about, but we, and also some people that seems to be implied to be among that group apparently are not. So I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Kawamatsu, the guy in the cage, in the cell is one of them, and then there's Denjiro, and then there's Ashura Doji, so then there's like, okay, well, who is this guy, and who is this guy? That's uh, I guess they're just people who are so- who are associated with the Emperor, who are not part of this elite group. Okay. <laughs> Bless, <Me>. you. <laughs> Bless you. Bless yeah, you. Do it
1: with a dab, Nick, so you feel it's easy, you're like, a chew, and then you cool. That's what no. the kids no. do, Nick. No, it's they not. dab while <laughs> sneezing, I'm sure.
0: Uh, <laughs> so, um Kumusaki, you know, is like, you know, just thinking about it's like, oh, wow, it's, it's going to be weird to see my brother exactly the same way that he was before. Uh, but we cut away from there while Zoro uh, tries to get some rest. Uh, and we cut around in a bit of a montage to all these people, you know, trying coming across these people who've been passing the symbol of the rebellion around, throwing them in jail, beating them up, up and so on and so forth. Uh, Beppo. Uh, and his crew are doing really bad because, of course, they're inside the uh, Rasetsu prisoners' quarters, the public cells, and they're being made an example of. Um, and uh, Bebo just says to himself, I really hope that nobody you know, thinks that we are responsible for this information getting out. But at least, you know, the captain will believe us. And we cut over to the excavation labor camp where the majority, of, I think the entire rest of the chapter actually uh, takes place. And... Um, Luffy's been doing pretty well. <laughs> this is actually, I think the coolest thing that Luffy has done since the time skip, because he's just using the color of observation hockey and he's telling yo what to do. And he's like, okay, so I need you to head to the right and then duck and then jump. And one of the guards tries to shoot him and he's you know, dodging exactly the way that Luffy said. And then when he jumps, he jumps in, into the guy's chin and knocks him out. <laughs> uh, anyway, he keeps instructing him like that. Um, Luffy tries to attack this armadillo man, uh, but he stops his fist right before punching him. And he's like, no, 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 I did it wrong. I, I, I was just going to use normal armament hockey. I, that's not what I wanted to do. Uh, he continues instructing Luffy. And then he picks up Hyo and, and puts him on his back. Um, in order to just carry him around, you know, like Luke and Yoda style. And he explains what he's actually trying to do, why he keeps on not attacking this armadillo guy. And he says, look, I'm, I'm trying to do this thing. Like there's this technique that I've seen someone do. And if I can do it, I might be able to def- get through Kaido's tough scales and actually hurt him. But I won't know until I can actually do it. But I've just seen it done uh, before a couple of different times. So uh, Hyogoro is like, okay, well, I know of this one idea that sounds similar to this. You see, a good katana will cut through steel when you want it to, but will not break a sheet of paper if you do not wish it so. It is all according to the desire of the swordsman. I was known as the mighty blade in the past, and I do not know if I could properly teach it, but take a look at this. And so Yo, Hyogoro gets off of Luffy's back and heads towards this Alpacaman man guy, and he's like, "Okay, you'll know, give me directions so that I can get close to him." Luffy does so; he dodges out of the way, and then he hits him with this palm strike uh, that just be- knocks him on his ass, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, "Is that what you were hoping to do? Maybe I can help you if it is the case." And Luffy's like, "That's it. So teach me how to do it." So, cool, t- cool little chapter. Uh, I like the. I really like the uh, second half with this fight scene with uh, Luffy and Yogo working together.
1: Interesting. Uh, fun fact, Nick. I didn't read One Piece this week. Apparently, oh, really. As we, as we started, I was like, "What happened in One Piece this week?" And I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't read any of this for some reason." <laughs> It must not have shown up in my queue or whatever, so I just forgot to read it.
0: Shit happens. and I, Yeah, you wouldn't really take notice, because One Piece is always going on break anyway, so...
1: I was just like, alright! So, uh, hey, that was a pretty cool chapter! I like that end! I like, yeah. I like this idea! <laughs> hey, you know what? Not every fucking character you meet has to be part of this nine-man group, but I like the idea that Luffy's formed this bond with this old guy, and he's like, hey, uh, I'm basically going to be uh, your power-up this arc. I'm gonna show you what you need to do here, and I think it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and it's a different way for Luffy to get this power-up than just, you know, he just does it in a fight. Mm-hmm. I like seeing him actually get this uh, advice and instruction and practicing doing it.
1: Yeah, I-, I like it a lot. It's very cool. All
0: right. Well, that is going to do it then for Weekly manga Recap, guys. So we want to thank you all for joining us as we name our favorites for this week. Favorite series and MVP
1: huh all right uh you know what screw it i'm gonna give my favorite series to we never learn i thought this was a really fun chapter and uh with that i'm also giving my character of the week to Asumi because i really like the uh the different sides of her we got to see in this chapter and all kind of showed off a really cool side of her we've seen before
0: all right yeah i i went for uh, yuko in this in this week okay uh, yeah
1: what's your chapter <laughs>
0: Uh, chapter for this uh, I should have done that the other way around, shouldn't I? My chapter this week is uh, The Last Sayuki. Okay. Uh, I really like the action and also just, you know, the you know, bond that forms between uh, Koharu and Rinosuke in it. Uh,
1: and our audience picked One Piece as their favorite chapter this week, and Rinosuke from Last Sayuki as their character of the week. So, hmm. cool stuff. Totally
0: understandable. Yeah. There were quite a few good chapters this week. Uh, I think that Once you just discount Eden Zero, it's like, everything was okay to good. So (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, We record the Weekly Manga Recap each Monday currently at around 730 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Sometimes we need to change things up. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter to keep up to date at WMR Podcast, at Realty, at Nick F Time. Uh, especially if you need to figure out which streaming platform the show is available on and which it isn't. Apparently, we're having technical difficulties and could only broadcast from Twitch today. Um, but sometimes we also go on Smashcast, and there is like, what, a third one that uh, you were talking about, I think? Uh, it's, it? it's,
1: it's just the two right now.
0: Just the two, okay. All right. Uh, if you would like to send us feedback about the show, uh, you can do that via email to weekly manga recap at yahoo.com. You can also use that to ask us questions for our future Q&A episode. Uh, and if you would like to make a suggestion for a manga for us to read, we're currently working on a uh, Climber, I think is what it's called. The Climber, yep. And uh, if you want to make a suggestion, NinjaX3i has set up a whole Google Doc where we use that to keep track of that stuff, as well as the you know most popular uh, the audience picks for uh, MVP and uh, for Series of the Week. Uh, you can get access to that if you go on our Discord channel, and there's a whole lot of other stuff available on there. All sorts of different chat rooms for different subjects, and uh, great a lot of cool people that you can talk with as well. Yep. So right. thanks. Go out to our Patreon supporters. You support a lot great all sorts of bonus content for you guys to enjoy. Steve our stock Artist. If miss planet is as well. Thank you, everyone.
1: Yep. And guys, that's been us. Gnarl and Chun And we are the manga podcast. The manga experience. experience. (laughs) We'll catch you next time, everybody. Goodbye. Hello, everybody.